Seltzer Kings podcasts. Bean. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gavin. Beans. You guys eat pork and beans for breakfast. Do not come at me with any of your nonsense. Yes. The following podcast contains... But swearing and using dirty words is not one of my vices. I don't use foul language, and I don't like to hear anyone else use it either. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you made a breakfast cereal based on a video game console, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 346. I pity the fool that don't eat my cereal edition of the show, where we talk about how cereal and pop culture collided over the breakfast table in the 1980s. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Davios, the breakfast of podcasters. When you work in the fast-paced world of independent podcasting, you don't have a lot of time for breakfast, and that's why we made Davios cereal. This healthy mix of puffed rice and rolled oats contains all the vitamins and minerals you need to produce, perform, and market your podcast. No more cramming a donut in your mouth on the way to the production meeting, and no more raiding the producer's desk while they're working in the studio. Davios single-serving packets get you on your way to another productive day. Coming in bourbon, scotch, and Irish whiskey flavors that you know your podcast host will love. Davio's is part of a balanced breakfast. Also try our newest flavor, Gavin Flakes. Gin-flavored bran flakes, the perfect breakfast for a producer who hates their host with a burning passion of a thousand suns. Davio's and Gavin Flakes, get them for your podcast studio today. There we go. Thanks a lot. Come again. Hello. I'd uh, like to ask a few questions about this breakfast cereal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, box of tricks. That's right. I've been led to understand that tricks are exclusively for children. Is that correct? Well, I, I mean, they say uh, tricks are for kids in the commercials. Uh-huh. But it... Uh-huh. And is that enforced by law? Uh, n- not to my knowledge, no. So if I purchase these tricks, there'll be no trouble. No, no, you, you, sh- you should be fine. You do understand that I myself am not a child. I, I was able to sniff that out, yeah. Okay, I'm going to bring these back to my apartment. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll be okay. And uh, I won't be followed. Uh, no, that's, that's not in our budget here. Hey, I won't forget what you've done for me here today. I would prefer that you do. Jesus Christ. Last week, you may recall that I might have mentioned that my sister used to beat me up over breakfast cereal. 
This week, my uh, sister reached out to me to vigorously protest this unjust mischaracterization of her and to inform me that if I'd not immediately retract said statement, she would, and I quote, I'm going to rip your head off and shit down your neck. <laughs> unquote. Based on this new information, I was clearly wrong in how I remembered our childhood, and I completely retract any insinuation that my dear sweet sister was anything other than gentle and kind to me throughout the entirety of our childhood. Any statements I made regarding her being violent towards me were because of my drinking problem and my advancing age. I apologize for anyone thinking that my sister was in any way violent towards me and to her for any harm inflicted by my baseless statements and close with this simple plea. With that out of the way, let's move along to this week's topics, breakfast cereal. Are we really doing this again? Look, content is content, and if I can drag two episodes out of one topic, I'm going to do it. When we left off last week, we covered the history of breakfast from the Neolithic up through roughly uh, 1979. No, I mean the year, not, not not the song. Now, without recapping the previous show, suffice it to say that breakfast cereals were largely dominated by a series of cartoon mascots that appeared every Saturday morning to inform young children that not only were their bands great, but they were also part of this balanced breakfast. And things were more or less made sense for everyone involved. But around 1980, something changed. The Reagan thing? No. I could see how you would think that because it's almost always the Reagan thing. But what I'm talking about is how cereal brands began looking for a new way to get Gen X to consumer product that was, by and large, nothing more than boxes of sugar with no actual nutritional value. Gen X was already a hard knot for Madison Avenue to crack, and they were struggling to figure out what motivated us to consume like the preceding generation. After all, they could hardly market cocaine and mass consumption to children, so they settled on something they knew we loved. Irony? Not yet, but we did love television. Back in episode 316, we talked at length about how cartoons in the 1980s stopped being a venue for toy commercials and how the cartoons became toy commercials. If you, uh, you haven't listened to that episode, well, uh... Shame on you! At the same time this happened, the opposite was happening in the cereal aisle. Every box of Puff Flakes or O's suddenly became characters from television shows, movies, and pop culture. The reason for this was very, very simple. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. Space Falls the t-shirt. Space Falls the coloring book. Space Falls the lunchbox. Space Falls the breakfast cereal. Space Falls the flamethrower. <laughs> the kids love this one. After Star Wars merchandise exploding into all areas, one might reasonably assume movie merch could expand. T-shirts, posters, lunchboxes, flamethrowers, and of course, toys. But eventually... When Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. Even the mighty Star Wars merch machine began to run out of shit to slap their logo on. And as the mavens of Lucasfilm began to brainstorm, someone came up with a whole new world to conquer. We're lost. 
My fault, but you... Help! Food? Yes, crunchy food. C-3PO's. New Kellogg's C-3PO's. Twin rings phased together for a crunchy new force at breakfast. Yeah, the force is with us. A delicious part of this nutritious breakfast. Okay! Oh, of course. How much? Yeah! Oh, my. C-3PO's. A new force at breakfast. According to the box, C-3PO's were, quote, a new force for breakfast. Now comes a spectacular cereal from the outermost limits of the galaxy. It's new C-3PO's Double Crunch. This unique double O shape gives you two crunches in every bite. A unique experience in all the galaxy. Spectacular taste. C-3PO has an incredible taste, plus all the excitement and fun of Star Wars. Golden goodness. C-3PO's is a golden combination of three grains, oats, wheats, and corn, and provides 10 essential vitamins and minerals, unquote. Which is a whole lot of bullshit to cram onto a box because what 3PO's were was nothing more than two fucking Cheerios glued together with some sugar. There were no shapes resembling Ewoks, droids, or even Jawas, which, considering how bad Jawas probably spelled, that's, uh... It's for the best. 3PO's debuted in 1984 and were discontinued in 1986, according to Serial Graveyard Fandom Wiki, because of the Challenger disaster. Did you say... Challenger disaster. Now, I could not corroborate that information in any way whatsoever, but it was a nugget that was so delicious it ought to be in a box of cereal, and I'm just going to assume that it is true because this show has very, very, very low journalistic standards. Once Pandora's cereal box was open, all sorts of shit poured out over the next few years. Following on the heels of 3PO's came... cereal to you. New E.T. cereal, made with E.T.'s favorite flavors, chocolate and real peanut butter, shaped like E's and T's. New E.T. cereal. A glowing part of this good breakfast. E.T.'s were supposed to be two great tastes that taste great together, but no one in their right fucking minds would ever want them in a goddamn cereal. Chocolate and peanut butter? I mean, 10 out of 10 for keeping the movie tie-in game strong, but have you ever had cereal that is supposed to taste like peanut butter? Oh, I can't say as I have. Well. There's a reason for that. It tastes like utter shit even today. It was worse in the 80s, and the thought that was put into the creating this cereal was just, well, it must have taken all of six, maybe seven seconds, because the shapes... W- would you like to guess what the shapes are? Uh, I- I'll give you a clue... It's the name of the fucking cereal. Why are you so upset? Why? Because this was one of the worst cases of just not giving a shit because fuck kids will eat anything. I mean, it's just laziness. Would you like to hear the tagline for the cereal? A glowing part of a good breakfast. That's just fucking phone it in right there. Marketing is awful, but lazy marketing is just an insult which is probably why E.T. didn't last very long. The cereal hit shelves in 84 and was taken off in 1986 after the Chernobyl nuclear reactor exploded in the Ukraine. Is that really the reason? As far as you know, it is. Why should I spend all my time providing you with sources and citations when even Cereal Graveyard can't be bothered to do it? Do you think this podcast is better than Cereal Graveyard? I don't. Now, boys 
eat breakfast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I had heard that too. So it stands to reason that a lot of telecereals were marketed towards little boys. And you know what else little boys love? Violence. Yeah, violence and war. And back in the 1980s, the toy that best expressed this martial domination theme was none other than... Got your new cereal. How's it look, Duke? All clear. Go for it. Get it! Introducing G.I. Joe Action Stars brand cereal, a delicious part of this complete breakfast. Crunchy stars that taste great. So, for all you action stars... Bye, Mom! G.I. Joe! Now, unlike E.T.'s, G.I. Joe's was an intentionally stripped-out, lean, mean fighting machine of a cereal with a simple tagline, a warrior's tagline, quote, sweeten cereal, unquote. Debuting in 1985 with the conjunction of the G.I. Joe cartoon, action stars were just hollowed-out stars that reportedly taste like Lucky Charms without the marshmallows. Of course not. A warrior craves not marshmallow goodness. Action Stars was discontinued in 1990 as Iraq invaded Kuwait, kicking off the crisis in the Persian Gulf that would eventually lead to the Persian Gulf War. You just made that up. Who's doing the research for this podcast? Me or you? Ah! Everyone knows that even girls like cereal. And because girls like cereal, we had to have a cereal for girls. Hurry up. And when you think about Barbie Pod, friends, what color leaps instantly to mind? I'm very pink. Yeah, you'll be happy to know that the cereal was also very, very pink. Licensed to Rawson in 1989 for Barbie's 30th anniversary, Breakfast with Barbie cereal was described on the box as a, quote, new Breakfast with Barbie cereal, less sugar than most kids' cereal, unquote. This was in the days before the actual nutritional content of the food had to be on the boxes, so we have less verification for that statement than we do for 3PO's being discontinued because of the Challenger disaster. According to SaturdayMorningsForever.com, quote, it was a fruity cereal in the shapes of hearts, bows, stars, cars, and the letter B in yellow, and a variety of pink colors. The box came in hot pink, like the Barbie packaging, and featured one of five different dolls throughout its lifespan. Superstar Barbie, Beast Blast Barbie, Dance Club Barbie, Cool Times Barbie, and Happy Holidays Barbie, unquote. Breakfast with Barbie cereal was a short-lived product released primarily as a gimmick for Barbie's birthday and was discontinued because of the San Francisco earthquake in 1989, which killed 67 and caused over $5 billion in damages. Um... Okay. You sound like you don't believe me. You think that I would just continue to make up these little factoids as part of a running joke throughout the episode? Well, I assure you, that is not the case. Not all cereals were gendered, of course. Some of them were marketed to the people who love the dead. Nobody likes necrophiliacs, okay? Not that kind of people who love the dead. I'm talking about the Ghostbusters. 
The first boxes of Busters hit the shelves in 1985 after the release of the first Ghostbusters when the Ralston Market Department went He took PKE valences, went right off the top of the scale and promptly churned out a mediocre cereal to capitalize on the movie. The cereal, a fairly banal Fruit Loop knockoff with the loops being in the slash circle of the logo and the marshmallows being what else but Slimer, the cereal actually had a pretty long run appearing in three versions. Ghostbusters, The Real Ghostbusters, and The Real Ghostbusters and Slimer. All three cereals appeared to have been the same cereal repackaged with just new shit slapped on the front. It was canceled in 1991 after the Halloween blizzard of 1991, the so-called perfect storm that killed dozens, caused millions of dollars in damage, and resulted in the loss of the Andrea Gale fishing vessel out of Gloucester, Massachusetts, that would be featured in the 2000 movie Perfect Storm, which to date does not have a breakfast cereal tie-in. But, uh, you know, don't give up hope. Right. BT Dubs Ghostbusters cereal? On shelves today, what with a new movie being out and no disaster close enough for them to cancel it. If you know anything about the 1980s, you know one thing everyone loved. Was it cocaine? For me, it was cocaine. No, no, I mean, I'm talking about kids here, so in this case, I'm talking about video games. Video games more or less defined 80s culture, and the giant yellow god of video games was, of course, Pac-Man. Pac-Man was fucking everywhere. You couldn't wipe your ass in the early 1980s without Inky, Binky, and Clyde being on the shit paper. So it wasn't even on when Pac-Man's cereal came out. Near as I can tell, Pac-Man along with Donkey Kong cereal were the er cereals of this entire movement when they hit the shelves in 1983. The cereal itself was just kicks with some ghost-shaped marshmallows in it and is one of the few cereals that I specifically remember eating when I was a kid. I remember it so clearly because of how bad it was. Somehow, General Mills made a cereal that was actually too sweet even for a kid. Is that even possible? I assure you it was. Eating a bowl of Pac-Man cereal was like taking an entire bowl of sugar and dumping it straight into your mouth. You could feel the diabetes coursing through your nine-year-old veins. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. I guess some kids like this liked it because Pac-Man cereal kicked around until 1988 when it was taken off the shelf following the bombings of the Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland. Okay, now you're just being ridiculous. Well, am I? Tell you what, you find proof for me that this wasn't the reason why they took it off, and I'll rescind it. Go ahead, I'll wait. The illogical culmination of the video game cereal craze arrived in 1988 
with the second most bizarre serial creation of the entire decade. The uh, thinking, if there was uh, anything remotely like thinking involved, must have gone something like, man, kids really love video games and they love cereal. What if we took this Nintendo thing and made a cereal out of it? Nintendo, it's we're practicing now. Nintendo, it's a cereal. Wow. Nintendo, Super Mario Jump. Nintendo, Now, the Nintendo Serial System, and yes, that was its actual name. But, but why? Well, I don't know. It's probably because that's what passed for genius during the serial craze of the 80s. It was a serial system because each box contained two types of cereal. One based on Mario Brothers and the other on Zelda. There were two bags in each box. The Mario's were the fruity flavors and the Zelda's were the berry flavored. Am I allowed to ask why? You can ask. It's, the answer's gonna be because adults thought kids were fucking so stupid they would just eat anything because it had a fucking Nintendo character on the box. They were wrong. The Nintendo cereal system only lasted a year and was pulled off the market following the Exxon Valdez oil spill off the coast of Alaska. I think he's lying. Why would I lie to you about something as serious as the Exxon Valdez oil spill? All of these stories about birds and seals covered in oil, it was heartbreaking. And you think that I would lie to you about something that serious? Is that how little you think of me? I could go on for hours talking about all the fucked up cereals that came out during the cereal craze of the 80s. Cabbage Patch Kid cereals, Gremlin cereals, Smurf Berry Crunch, Strawberry Shortcake cereal. The doll, not the shortcake, though, yes, the cereal did taste like strawberries, which is kind of gross when you think about it, because I guess you're eating the flesh of the doll. There was a cereal called OJ's. Just like OJ Simpson. Thankfully, no. I mean, I'm shocked that it wasn't, but it was almost as bad. It was supposed to taste like orange juice. It didn't, thankfully so. There was a Mickey Mouse Magic Crunch, a cereal called Morning Funnies, based on characters from the comic pages like Dennis the Menace, The Family Circus, uh, Popeye, Beetle Bailey, Lou Anne, Hager the Horrible, and perennial kid favorite, Funky Winkerbean. Are you kidding? There's Funky Winkerbean! There was Rainbow Bright, the short-lived nerd cereal from the Candy Nerds, which was somehow sweeter than Pac-Man, and there was even a cereal based on Dunkin' Donuts. The store, Dunkin' Donuts, with, yes, none other than Fred the Baker, the Dunkin' Donuts spokesman, as spokesman for the Dunkin' Donuts cereal. Time to make the donuts. Introducing a big idea from a giant in the business, the world's smallest donuts. In new Dunkin' Donuts cereal, you get delicious, crunchy little donuts by the hundreds. All your favorite donut shapes, rings, holes, and twists. You can choose rich chocolate or glazed donut flavors, or both as part of a nutritious breakfast. Dunkin' Donuts cereal, crunchy little donuts, great big taste. Time to eat the donuts. By the way, Dunkin' cereal? Back on the shelves today, you can get yourself a caramel macchiato flavored cereal. Though why in God's name would you want to? Now, I saved the best for last. 
There was one serial that literally encapsulated the entire mindset of the 80s character serial craze, and it was actually one of the longest lasting of the bunch. I know Koo, and Koo's teaming up with a good balanced breakfast. Teaming up with Mr. T cereal, that's getting on the team, the team that knows how cool breakfast can be. You get a crispy corn taste with a touch of brown sugar. Teaming up with Mr. T. It's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T, golden sweet crispy teas. One bite and you're gonna be eaten with the team that's teaming up with Mr. T. It's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T. Hey, uh, Mr. T, uh, how would you characterize the temperature uh, uh, of your cereal? It's cool. And the weather in fall? It's cool. And finally, the opposite side of the McDLT from the hot side? It's cool. Mr. T, everyone, dropping in the studio. Hey, thanks, Mr. T, for helping us out. It's cool. Hitting the shelves in 1984, Mr. T cereal was puffed corn. It was essentially Captain Crunch, and it came in the shape of... Would you like to guess what shape Mr. T cereal came in, pod friends? T! T! Correct. This was at the peak of Mr. T's fame. The A-team was all the rage, and every kid wanted to be friends with Mr. T. How about Nancy Reagan? Oh, she definitely wanted to be friends with him. I mean, she sat on his lap. No word on whether or not she blew him. I'm just going to assume that she did. Mr. T's cereal was so popular, it even appeared in another utterly inexplicable cultural paragon that I did not understand at the time, and I do not understand now. <laughs> Can I have that Mr. Cheap cereal? Okay! <laughs> I pity the poor fool! Don't eat my cereal! <laughs> Mr. T cereal was quite popular, despite it being a pathetically transparent cash grab for everyone involved, but I guess T had to pay for all those gold chains somehow. Even the tagline for the cereal was, uh, well, I'm just gonna say it, but uh, I pity the fool that don't eat my cereal. It was only pulled from the shelves after the siege of the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas that resulted in the deaths of 76 Branch Davidians, including 25 children, two pregnant women, and of course, David Koresh. Are you done with this nonsense? It's the end of the show, so yeah, I guess I've done just about all I can with this dumb joke. I think what most people don't understand about the 1980s is in general how fucking tacky it really was. Oh sure, you see the bright neon collars, the gross consumerism, and good god the clothes, and you say to yourself, It was just so tacky. And you would be correct. It was a decade of poor choices in almost every walk of life from politics to pop culture. Americans simply could not help themselves. We looked at everything and we had two thoughts. The first one was... Could that be in a brighter, more garish color? And the second, is there any way that I can make some money off this? And the answer to both questions was always yes. I'm saying this because I loved the 1980s because for all of its awfulness, there was an innocence to it. What could be more wholesome than breakfast cereal for kids? No one at the time thought, my God, this is just capitalism cannibalizing the corpse of American pop culture for profit. It was just Mr. T. We're Mario. Why wouldn't we buy it? Everyone loved them, particularly Nancy Reagan and that Mr. T. 
We didn't think that our moment of orgiastic consumerism was going to sow the seeds of everything that is wrong with the world today. The worship of celebrity, the unquestioning consumption of mass media, the idea that if it was on a computer, it must be good, and that trickle-down economics was anything but a way for rich people to keep all the fucking money and keep the rest of us as debt slaves to our corporate overlords. So yeah, it was pretty bad. But you know what? At least we had a good balanced breakfast with the goddamn Batman in it. That was until Batman cereal was discontinued in 1994 after that dude whacked Nancy Kerrigan in the leg. Why? 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 <laughs> Have you not been listening to this show all these years? You knew I wasn't done beating that dead horse. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. You know, sometimes I do wonder if I take these little jokes too far. I mean, it was bad when I started off riffing about discovering C-3PO's was ostensibly taken off the market because of the Challenger explosion, which is almost certainly not the reason why it was taken off the market. It was taken off the market because it was a shitty cereal. And then I somehow found myself making jokes about the Olympic figure skater tragically assaulted by some redneck dipshits. What kind of podcast host does that? Why do you want people to dislike you? I think it's because I grew up a fat nerdy kid and decided that if I couldn't be popular, at least I could make people think that I was weird. Clearly, that worked. Speaking of people disliking you, rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast so that other people can hear us and really start to dislike you for suggesting that they should listen to it. Do all the rest of the stuff that Jeremy says in the closers. Honestly, I've been saying for years, follow this, go there. But you know what? Jeremy says it in a pre-recorded sounder that plays at the other end of all of the Celtic Kings podcast. So I'm not going to do it anymore. And with that, for me, Dave, I'm doing all the bad jokes again. And I'm flirting with disaster blood. So producer, I'm out of money. I'm out of hope. It looks like self-destruction. Gavin and all the fictional Nintendo serial system fans on the show, we want to say that this podcast is not a part of a balanced breakfast and contains none of the vitamins and minerals good for growing young bodies. Seriously, don't feed us to your child. We'll see you all next week. What the Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Just making some cereal. You want some? No, I'm good. Thanks. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.